0: Good morning and welcome to the Haven Tree Parent Podcast, where we get a chance to get together and talk about something that's important to us and to you, hopefully, before the kids wake up.
1: Today, again, we don't have a special guest, but we are starting a new series that I'm really excited about. Uh, So today we're going to be talking about co-sleeping, particularly as it relates to other cultures and countries around the world. (laughs) We have a special guest, I guess I lied. You can hear Punzi in the background. She doesn't want to be participating, no. though. She's on the bed on the floor, and she's really working hard to make it comfortable yeah, right yeah. now. Gotta get all the scratches
0: out. <laughs> this, this Somebody not else softened. apparently laid there and made it lumpy for her. Definitely the cat. <laughs> All right, so like she said, we're going to talk about co-sleeping today, and uh, just a quick introduction about it. When and co-sleeping was first introduced to the community, or to, I don't know, the population or society or whatever you want to talk about it, um, it was came with a really broad term of what does co-sleeping even stand for or mean. Some people thought that it meant uh, sharing a room, and so the baby would be in the crib in the corner, uh, away from the bed. And other people thought that it was actually supposed to co-sleep with yourself in the bed, uh, which caused a lot of problems. And that's what we're going to talk about today, because it's a multicultural issue or just differences.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, one of the importance is, or one of the reasons it's important to point that out is because you know, uh, historically researchers used that term co-sleeping to describe a lot of different things. Um, and so as much as possible today when we're talking about it, we're going to differentiate between room sharing, which would be like having the baby in a bassinet or a portable crib or even you know a full-size crib um, in the same room as parents, and bed sharing, um, which is obviously sleeping in a bed together or a bed surface. Um, so obviously some cultures sleep on mats or on the ground, um, and so sharing sort of the
0: space. I think I slept on the ground until I was like 19 or something. (laughs) Pretty much. I never slept on my bed when I grew up because it was just like I I could get an extra 10 minutes of sleep because dad would wake up, come (laughs) into my room and wake me up. But if I slept downstairs on the floor under the piano, perfect.
1: (laughs) Under the piano.
0: Yeah, it was out of the way so nobody would kick me in the middle of the night. Yeah, understood. Yeah.
1: So I think the other thing, the other sort of disclaimer or thing that's really important to talk about right off the bat um, is that this is not... Uh, meant to be advocating for bed sharing or co-sleeping. I think it's really important to note that um, SIDS is a real and awful thing. You know, um, right. the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that babies sleep alone on their back in a crib. Um, you know, like 3,600 babies die yearly um, <sighs> from sudden infant death
0: um well, and... i think i think every parent worries worries about it there for the first however much yeah. you know time that that span usually is so
1: well and it's you know it's something that's horrifying to even think about that yeah. you would you know go to bed with a healthy baby and wake up without one right. i i can't even fathom that experience and potentially not ever having real answers about what happened um you know and you will hear stories about you know moms who left the baby at daycare and, you know, when, Mm. when the babysitter went to get the baby up from nap, the baby was gone, you know, or, or whatever. So, so I think it's really important just to kind of like start right off the bat by saying, um, what we're talking about today, we're really looking at, um, from a sort of anthropological perspective, um, where we're looking at what other cultures do and why, um, and what benefits researchers find in that compared to what we do. Um, because I think it's really interesting to see and learn different perspectives. Um, and I think it's especially curious, some of the other topics that we are going to look at, um, in this series, I'm really excited about. So I think that this one is a subject that can be touchy, um, and there's an inherent risk obviously associated with it
0: right yeah we're talking about you know that my energy side of raising a child from the early days yeah
1: so So i just think that that's kind of important to to start right off the bat with um we will try to include all of the links to all the resources that we used um in the description
0: she used a lot so you have (laughs) everything
1: um but but right at the top of that is going to be the AAP's recommendations on safe sleep and what that looks like. That'll be the first one there because I think that it is really important to just kind of start off the conversation of co-sleeping or bed sharing um, with that. And I think at the top of the you know risk pool um, of co-sleeping arrangements would be sharing uh, a couch or a chair. Um, Both of those, the risks are extremely high for a baby to roll off of a parent, roll onto the floor, get covered by a pillow, roll into a crack. Um, And that has, there's not really any argument for that in any setting. Um, And so it's something that, you know, as parents that aren't getting much sleep with a new baby, um, it is something to be. (sighs) You're just like wherever of.
0: I'm comfortable, wherever he's comfortable, <laughs> right. he's comfortable. I will right. sleep there.
1: But that is, I think, the biggest, highest risk um, of infant death, um, and it and it has been scientifically proven. Right. To, right. it's just because so. your own alertness level is down, so. and and it's just not a safe place. You know, you're not yeah. flat somewhere, so yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, and then there's so many devices and things that people, you know, recommend. And then it's just like you're throwing more stuff around the baby.
1: Well, and then the other thing, too, that I think is important to talk about, and I think that the AAP link that I used has a um, link right in it to product recalls and stuff. But, you know, like when Obi was a baby, we really liked the like Fisher-Price sort of inclined rocker bassinet situation. Because it was an easy, like, it was easy to move around. And so I would just kind of move it around the house. And if he napped, like, during the day, I could put him in that and he would be close by. But I could just set him down easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those were recalled because babies were falling out of them and rolling over. And, and you know, uh, they because they were inclined. Uh, there were all sorts of issues. So they recalled them. And I just remember that being a big deal, like when Obi was a baby. So I think the other thing obviously that's important you know as we kind of talk about the issue is thinking about different mm, devices and things that babies might sleep in and whether or not those are safe um so like i said one of the ones that i like to use was you know suddenly there were a lot of issues with it or or things happened so Here's
0: here's my idea get a trampoline put it in that room and then, oh, they just go to the middle of the trampoline because you can't move out of that position <laughs> and even if you roll over it's still like mesh so you just breathe through
1: that <laughs> i don't i don't think we
0: should recommend that
1: thank you for <laughs> all your right
0: answer. it was just a crazy idea
1: anyway okay so so with all the disclaimers and introductions and and all of that out of the way we can kind of jump into the actual topic at hand
0: yeah sorry for my random
1: uh it's part of it's part of josh Uh, so co-sleeping is something that is, um, very common in other parts of the world. I don't think that that's really questioned. Um, but it was definitely very interesting as I kind of looked at, um, some of the, what some of the perspectives or input from, um, people of other cultures. Um, one of the really interesting things is. You know, a lot of parents in other cultures perceive it as a responsibility, um, as a way of bonding. And, you know, there was one researcher that talked about um, uh, doing a study. I have to look here. She was doing field work in Australia and um, happened to be with a family that lived there and a movie came on that showed the parent putting the baby to bed in the crib in the nursery and the, um, native Aboriginal grandmother was really kind of horrified by that and, and thought, you know, what, what kind of parent would make the baby sleep by themselves in a separate room? Um, excuse me, uh, which I find to be, you know, I found it to be comical. But I think also really enlightening as to kind of the perspective of why um, parents in other cultures choose that. You know, I think you know initially I was sort of envisioning like, and this is a terrible like, not stereotype necessarily, but assumption of like, oh, you know, in in cultures in Africa where they live in huts or um, you know small dwellings, they may sleep on the floor. And of course the baby is going to sleep next to the mother because the whole family is sort of sleeping together. Um, and, and that is factual. You know, there are tribes in central and South America, in Africa and other areas where, you know, the family does sleep on the floor or even in some, uh, South. What's my direction? Southeastern Asian countries where they sleep on maps. I'm I'm map challenged. I can't help it. <laughs> um but where they sleep on mats on the floor, you know. And so in those instances of course the the infant is going to be sleeping with the mom and they're not going to have like a separate baby mat separate from from the parent in those situations. Um but it's not it's not just born out of necessity or out of like this is just what we do and what we've always done. There are some parenting ideas um that are very attached to the idea of sharing a sleeping space bed sharing um another culture um that i found a lot of research about was was talking about korea um, and the fact that sort of the idea of uh civic duty and like sort of a collectivism um, is very important culturally and so sleep uh, bed sharing is kind of a natural part of instilling that idea of um, togetherness and um, I don't know sort of fostering the strength of the family from the very beginning that you know when a baby is born it sleeps with the parents and the family sleeps together um and i find it to be very interesting that that's um sort of a parenting choice and sort of an intentionally done this is this is a value of our family um of our culture and we start instilling this and teaching this to our kids from the very first day of their life um uh, which i think is really cool mm-hmm. um you look like you were going to say something.
0: Mm, sorry. I have no thoughts on that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so something else that uh, was pointed out. So so I have to apologize. Obviously, I get to do most of the talking today because Josh did not do his required research. <laughs> uh, it's like uh, the group project where one person does all the work. And I think that that's academically a very good description of who we were in school too, probably <laughs> that was the overachiever that did it all if my partner was slacking, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. josh sort of waited till the last minute and hoped the partner did the work right
0: i'm not hoping you do the work i'm just hoping for good things that i can comment but i don't <laughs> want to be rude about the ideas of what people are doing in different cultures like uh, i appreciate uh... the aspects of what just how they present co-sleeping and how they yeah. do their country's thing i just you know i find it fascinating And there's not much I can really comment on saying, ooh, that's fascinating, because I think everybody's saying that along with you as they listen.
1: (laughs) So on the topic of SIDS um, in other cultures, uh, one of the things that a couple of different uh, articles mentioned was the fact that Hong Kong and Japan both um, co-sleeping bed sharing in particular is extremely common And they have some of the lowest rates of SIDS in the world. Uh, However, in Japan specifically, one of the reasons that that, or one of sort of the like asterisks was that maternal smoking rates are nearly zero. And so as bed sharing increases, um, breastfeeding increases, and... Um, maternal smoking rates have decreased. And so sort of the hypothesis is because breast milk is so full of amazing, wonderful nutrients for baby um, and because bed sharing is encouraging um, moms to breastfeed longer because it it enables them to do so easily at night and still get sleep, um, it's actually creating healthier, stronger um, babies who development, who hit developmental milestones um, more rapidly and grow and thrive better. Um, And so, you know, that sort of is the theory, I guess, of uh, why in particular the SIDS rate in in Japan is so low. Um, And similarly in Hong Kong, I think the article I read kind of pointed to, to similar um, factors. So, and I think that's a good time to bring up every time that, uh, um, co-sleeping or bed sharing was mentioned in other cultures, it was sort of assumed that it was co-sleeping, bed sharing, and breastfeeding. And those two, um, those two topics sort of went hand in hand across the board. Um, for other cultures and so i think that that's really important to kind of point out that you know it just is sort of assumed that if you're sharing a bed the reason that you're sharing a bed is because you're breastfeeding right um yeah
0: because once you're on a bottle i mean why would you want to be why would you have to be in the same room like
1: well i mean i think that there's still benefits of sharing a room even if you were formula feeding um and we'll talk about that some but the american academy of
0: pediatrics does Point to several
1: studies now that talk about
0: well, I don't mean even formula feeding. I mean you can still pump and you know sure. give a bottle. So. That is
1: true. Uh, I I know people that do that, but I can't imagine it. and We'll talk about breastfeeding another day because that's a whole different situation <laughs> and issue. Um, but you know, I do think when you're talking about co sleeping and babies, um, it's it's with the assumption that you're breastfeeding in conjunction with bed sharing, um, and that's. Sort of unquestioned. Um, I lost my train of thought, though, because that That's was okay. sort of off the beaten path. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, one of the other things just kind of that I thought was interesting, they a different researcher was talking to mothers in a tribe in Kenya, and they asked about babies sleeping through the night. And the moms were all very confused. Like, why... Why would babies wake up like Of course they sleep during the night. Like and and so this idea of like babies waking during the night was something that like culturally was just not even talked about, thought about, experienced like they had no sort of frame of reference for that um, because they were so accustomed to sleeping alongside their babies and breastfeeding during sleep. And that was just a very normal part of, of their parenting experience. Um, and so again, just kind of like how, how different, cause you know, and it's something that I always see, like the conversation of like, how do you get your baby to sleep at night? And like, do you do cry it out? Or do you not? Do you do gentle sleep training? And there's like, you know, hundreds of books written about how to get your baby to sleep. And then, but then, like to recognize that that's such a cultural thing, uh, that has to do with some of the other choices and parenting decisions that we make. Um, I do think it's very interesting um, to see that difference.
0: Yeah, I agree. There's probably like some what, people get messed up because they're trying to do what they see versus what they you know just naturally want right. to do or something. Right. So And obviously, there's an instinct there that you have to weigh out with, oh well, culturally I should be doing this, and right, right. instinctively I know I want to do this instead. Yeah,
1: and there's lots of of, you know, sort of evidence that suggests like, oh well, evolutionarily or biologically, all of our ancestors co-slept in bed and bed shared because that was what they did, and so you know it's a very Western idea to have your baby sleep in a separate bed or or in a separate room. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot of like cultural reasons for that. I came across a lot of really interesting stuff about sleep evolution and kind of some of the different things about how, um, like at one point, like even married people sleeping in the same bed was considered like totally ridiculous because they, <laughs> there was like theories about like stealing sleep energies from your spouse and like, <laughs> and then, um, like right. it became very natural to sleep together. And then like in the 1890s, twin beds became popular and like pastors and clergy members spoke out against twin beds because it was going to cause problems for the marital relationship for couples to suddenly sleep apart. And so, you know, there's kind of been this ebb and flow of no, we don't sleep apart. Yes, we do. Like that has kind of, it, it has a very, um, trend what like like it just is kind of like whatever's new we kind of then consider that normal mm-hmm. um and so it just is very interesting that 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 is something that i think is important to consider too yeah i
0: was gonna ask if you did any research on the history of when uh putting a baby in an, its own room it was gonna start like my theory is and this is crazy josh thought but uh i was just thinking like it was victorian era type style thinking So, Um,
1: so there is some because that's
0: when like all the strollers were all fancified. Well,
1: yeah. So obviously, Josh is much more excited about history than I am. So, you know, I there was some talk about like the ideas of like houses and how they sort of evolved and how that impacted the um, sleeping arrangement. So, you know, during the times when homes had fireplaces for heating often the babies would sleep in parents' rooms because you didn't want to have a fire going in a separate room with just the infant by itself. And then, um, that kind of evolved. And as, um, Different types of heating and different types of yeah, no, that makes sense. You, you know. can
0: jump ahead now because I, I, I think everybody can logically follow along. Oh, well, okay, central air conditioning uh, is now brought right. Up so, but point, then so.
1: like there's also like conversation about carpets and like the fact that like carpets played a role in that as well because they naturally cl- contain more dust, and so then there was sort of a cultural or trend shift again um, based on that. And so I think there's lots of factors that come into play that I had never considered until I started doing research, but it's definitely not something that we can unfortunately talk about all the specific points. It could be, you know, then co-sleeping. Sorry, could be you already have so own. much and I'm asking for more information. Well, let's, talk, <laughs> let's
0: just make this podcast five minutes. Eh, stuff, you know,
1: yeah. so, um, from there, I think, you know, the natural sort of then step is to talk about, um, what, researchers suggest are some of the pros of, um, co-sleeping or bed sharing. And there were a couple of these that I actually found pretty interesting. One we've kind of already mentioned, um, which is it supports breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is difficult. At least it was for me every single time. It's been very hard. Uh, it's best for baby, but you know, um, not everybody's able to for different reasons. And so there is an aspect of having the baby in the bed with you um, allows parents to get sleep at night, and it there is research that demonstrates that bed sharing does often um, is often correlated with longer span of breastfeeding. So. Um,
0: I mean, a, like going for ten months instead of like three right. months or something.
1: Yeah. So, um, and obviously, you know, the AAP recommends that. Babies be breastfed for the first twelve months. Um, we've never made it to twelve months with any of our kids. Um, They're still BV. <laughs> we have big, healthy farm kids, but um, you know, like they—that th- is the recommendation. And um, research strongly supports the fact that bed bed sharing and higher rates of breastfeeding for longer go hand in hand. Um, One of the other really interesting ones that I found is there's a lot of different research that talked about physiologic synchronization um, for moms and babies that bed shared. So basically the most simple explanation for this is that moms and babies were sort of in sync when they slept while they were breastfeeding, when they slept sort of facing each other.
0: So when they say that's true for like when the baby's born, you want to do skin to skin contact right. because that like you sync up with heartbeats and temperature and all those okay. things. So, Bonding, whatever you yeah. call it. So
1: so that and that's a great point that I haven't thought about. That's that sort of regulation um, extends, or the the theory is that sort of regulation extends even to some extent um, when mom and baby are sleeping together. So lots of sleep studies have been done that measure. Um, the mom sleep cycle and the baby sleep cycle. Um and a lot of that demonstrates that moms sort of enter the same sleep cycle at the same time as babies and are able then to respond to their, you know, sort of waking cues or uh rooting cues to relatch to the breast or whatever. Um similarly I
0: was gonna say, um what even now like with kenzie over the last few uh, over the last year of her treatment and getting chemo and all that stuff um what you guys sleep the best when she comes in and like is like oh i need snuggles and like as soon as you guys are like together and you're both tired because if she's not tired then it's just a continuous conversation yeah um but when they're both tired and they're like just snuggled up together like they're both there's like perfect sleep it's like (laughs) you know it's deep like the deepest REM sleep they're gonna get but they're so like just cuddled together because you know kenzie loves mama and her mama's like oh my baby is here i'm taking care of her and that same little connection thing happens and we've
1: never and
0: she's four but you know we've never there's no risk there like
1: done that like kenzie went through a phase where she had to sleep with us every night and that was a little bit
0: difficult well i think once we ran Um, home from the hospital we were like you sleep in our room you sleep on our couch because we had had a little chair in there that she would roll in
1: so, but it, but that's very true. Like I, there have definitely been times where I like I'm tossing and turning and I can't fall asleep. And then Kenzie will come in and she'll be like, I had a bad dream. And I'm like, Oh, come snuggle. Perfect. And I'm like asleep in five <laughs> seconds. You yeah, know, they're both out. I'm so like, I'm just going to walk away. Be
0: quiet.
1: <laughs> so there is sort of that aspect that, and you know, obviously, like, like you said, that's a little bit different because she's older. She's not an
0: infant. Right. Um, and you, and you know, the need there. And there's both, I think it's just comforting because yeah. you, you have each other. Yeah. So.
1: And I think that, that, you know, is very unique to Kenzie's sort of situation at this point in our yeah. life but we have had the other kids like Sai went through a phase where he had bad dreams like nightly sure, right. and he yeah. was coming into our room almost every night and ended up sleeping in our bed <laughs> half the night or you know Adrian went through a phase too where yeah. she for like a couple weeks I don't weeks, think she would
0: come out of her bed but I would go to her room or we would go to her yeah. room so if yeah. it was me or you one of us would go over there
1: so so there have been stages in our in our parenting where like we've allowed the kids to come and sleep with us but um it isn't for us, it's not ever been something that we try to encourage. We're not we're not a family that does like the family bed or anything like that. But yeah. but at we the do same like point, family
0: movie night in our room, and yeah. the kids love it because they're like yeah. pillows they on snuggle. the floor. Yeah, I'll lay on the floor, and they'll just yeah. crawl on top of me or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: but you know, we we very much encourage them to have their own beds to sleep in. Um, but they also know like if they need anything, they they come and get in bed with us, and it's not an issue. As long as the only the only negative of that is if I wake up covered in pee, I am not happy. Like that is the one part. Yeah. That is like.
0: Yeah.
1: Otherwise, it's kind of nice. You wake up in the morning, like Josh has gone to work, but I still have like a warm little body snuggling me. It's wonderful. It's a great way to wake up. Right. Um. But back to some scientific pros of co-sleeping. Uh, one of the other things that's interesting is they talked about the fact that. Uh, As they were studying sleep um, bed sharing uh, mom and baby actually have more frequent waking so some evidence suggested that may lead to higher rates of depression in mom Uh, conversely though they suggest that the benefit of that is obviously that um, mom is able to check in on baby more frequently and make sure that she's not sleeping too deeply or baby's not sleeping too deeply um, and is sort of getting the, the, uh, needs met, um, more efficiently. Um, and I think the other interesting thing is there are lots of even American associations that do encourage, um, some form of bed sharing or co-sleeping, um, which is really, I wasn't aware of that. So I think even in the scientific community in our country, there is sort of some disagreement on where that line is necessarily. Um, Obviously, you know, with bed sharing and co-sleeping, one of the biggest concerns is... Is the baby going to be in bed with us forever? You know, or how yeah. do we? How do moms and dads have mom and dad time if there's babies in the bed?
0: Right. Yeah. I think it's uh, all. The, I follow like three dads groups or whatever, and uh, on Facebook, and one of the dads again, like it's like every week there's a new question, like, uh, when do the kids leave your room? <laughs> and everybody's like, uh, either between four and seven months, sometime between there, yeah. You know, and other people gave various answers, like you yeah. know, and day the second day they're home, you know. Yeah. So.
1: And some of the arguments, you know, to that, you know, are like, so again, kind of to Japanese culture. Um, in Japanese culture, it's actually very common for even up to teenage years to, to co-sleep or to sleep um, in a family bed. Um, but then, you know, cultural studies also talk about how independent and, and socially responsible um, Japanese kids and teens are. And so there's some theory that Because bed sharing and snuggling and togetherness is sort of a foundation of home life, then children feel more confident to be independent or make choices and be responsible. So so there's kind of some give and take there. I think, you know, obviously, like I said, when Kenzie was sleeping in our bed every night, it was a little bit difficult. Um, You know, we kind of got to a point of like, I just want her to sleep in her own bed one <laughs> night. like, And so, you know, so there yeah. was...
0: Well, and then she'd be on steroids for a week yeah. and then we'd have... And know. then
1: she would never sleep. So there is some give yeah. and take there that I think is challenging. And I think um, you have to kind of figure out within your own family dynamics what work. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing that's really important to talk about just a little bit, um, and we kind of hit on this already, but I think that if you are considering in any way, shape, or form bed sharing co-sleeping things like that there are some recommendations for um being safer about it and i think a lot of them are common sense but i think it's still important to talk about one of the most important obviously is as i said you know people when you talk about the benefits of bed sharing every single time that's referenced in science it's with the understanding that you're also breastfeeding Um, like I said, I know breastfeeding is really difficult, um, and it's not something that everyone's able to do for different reasons. Um, you know, there could be hormonal issues or, you know, a child that's adopted or, you know, a baby that was a preemie and had a bad latch. I mean, there's a hundred different reasons why breastfeeding is difficult. However, if your baby is formula fed, breastfeeding may not be, or if your child is formula fed, bed sharing is sort of like automatically assumed to be not something that's going to be safe or recommended because the physiologic benefits of having um, sleep cycles that are similar and things like that sort of go out the window.
0: Mm. Yeah. Cause you're the formula is just going to break down. Differently. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, and because you're not having that physiologic connection and bond mm-hmm. that's established through breastfeeding. Now, obviously, you know, feeding your baby is kind of the most important. So it's not, you know, something to feel, badly about if you're not able to breastfeed but it is i think just really important to say like right off the bat if if you're not breastfeeding then it's really not something that any of those benefits are going to apply to you then yeah you're Um, still going
0: to get your connection regularly during the day yeah
1: similarly um you know the expectation is that it's a safe healthy full-term baby you know um not a preemie, not an infant Sure, has... yeah. I mean,
0: follow the guidance you're given for your spe- specific, you know, right. What, child. So, right. You know, yeah. not
1: a baby that has, you know, chronic illnesses or, or a, you know, heart defect or anything else like that because, right. again, those things are going to negatively impact...
0: Seek counsel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Um, and pretty much any pediatrician that you talk to is going to recommend the baby sleeps alone on back in a crib. Like, whether or not that's in your room or not... You're really unlikely to find a pediatrician that encourages um, bed sharing in any form. And I don't think we're here to, to encourage that either, but right. I think that it is important to kind of highlight a couple of those um, things that sort of make it initially a no-go. Um, the other big one is, and we've talked about it a little bit already, smoking or any other you know alcohol or any sleep aids or any other sleep aids. Yeah. Yeah, any a, other a drugs or one. anything like that. Um, that may impact your sleep it's not safe to sleep with the baby um, smoking is known to increase the risk of SIDS um, being exposed to second hand and third hand and any kind of smoke is known to increase the risk of SIDS for a baby um, and obviously if mom or dad is under the influence of anything it's not going to be safe to sleep with baby so I think that that's um
0: yeah, have a plan, you know.
1: Yeah, so. I think that's just something to to keep in mind. And then obviously, you know, sleeping on a bed, not having lots of pillows, not having pajamas or jewelry or anything else has strings on it. Keeping baby in the middle of the bed, not on the edge. Um, keeping pets and siblings and things like that out of the bed. Like there's all sorts of like, if you're going to do this, there are ways to increase the safety. At the end of the day, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's safe. Um, You know, like I said, there I think there are lots of factors in play that lots of scientists are looking at, trying to figure out how um, it works in other cultures, but um, is risky in our culture. Um, But at the end of the day, I think you know, if your child ends up being one of the 3,600 that you know comes a stat. Um, of of a child that died from SIDS, it's not going to matter if you you know followed all of the safe bed sharing recommendations. Right, um, right, right, right. And so I think that it's just really important um,
0: that and be careful. Yeah, yeah. That you be and careful
1: and you be wise yeah. and you listen to the advice of doctors and physicians. Yeah, and people your, that are
0: smarter than us and your instincts. So yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But but at the same point, I think. Um, you know, as we said from the beginning, it's pretty interesting to hear what other cultures do and kind of understand some of the rationale as to why. Um, it just is very curious to me. So right.
0: Yeah, exactly. I said, it's all fascinating. I just <laughs> to listen to all the things you researched. So.
1: Anyway, I'm sure everybody's tired of listening to Mostly Me talk. And I think it's probably about time for the kids to wake up. So ah. I think we got to wrap this up.
0: All right. Make sure you uh, follow us, like, subscribe, do all those things. And we will catch you on the next adventure. Bye.